0: That's what I'm saying. Like the fact that you couldn't tell off the top of your head says enough, I think, that they don't yeah. they don't need to do these Apex cards because they can put anything in an arena and it's gonna sell well. That's been made clear. Yeah. The fight night uh Vittori versus Cannoneer Dom, that was no that wasn't that much better or worse than the card we went to in Columbus, and people were treating that place like it was the damn Super Bowl. They don't have have to do the Apex cards. They just don't want to, they don't want to do, they don't, I don't know. Someone's not pulling the trigger. They could take all those Apex cards and put them anywhere. I propose that they turn those Apex cards into like a version of Contender Series shows. Mm -hmm. The problem is they're not doing that, Dom. The, Mm -hmm. The Apex shows and the shows that they're taking, like, yeah, the shows they're taking on the road feel a little bit stronger but not by much not to the point yeah. where it's like noticeable
1: for for yeah. the most part that's my opinion you yeah. might
0: disagree but
1: i don't know what they do there's no solution they're gonna do it because they're saving money you would think they'd want to make more money by going and selling out arenas but they clearly have to shell out money to do this so it shows the apex just it's financially <clears throat> a move for them i think as a business which is crazy when they could sell out any arena they wanted to.
0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Below Average Joe's MMA show. Recap edition. Once again, I'm Noah Baker. I'm joined by Dominic Salee. We're here to talk about UFC Jacksonville, PFL 6, bunch of fight announcements, all that and more. Dominic, how are you doing? I know we had a very long intro right there talking about the state of the business, the state of the UFC. Got very deep on this uh, intro today. How are you feeling, though, uh, coming off a weekend?
1: Yeah, usually our off-recording conversations somehow lead to some sort of funny <clears throat> chaos, and that's what you guys have been seeing, but not that one. That was like a business, just weird discussion there. But uh, it was a good weekend. Good fight, I would suppose. It was definitely a busy weekend as well. Jacksonville. Prelim, say what you want about it. Main card delivered for damn sure. Can't wait to talk about the PFL because I feel like I have a big bone to pick with them. And uh, <laughs> all in all, though, good weekend, Noah. I know you're feeling sudsy, which is such a damn shame. So I hope you start to feel better. But you're chugging along as you always do. You're in the studio because you give the people the good good.
0: 100%. Uh, I I was putting in overtime performances on vacation here I am while I'm sick. I mean, nothing can keep me down. Mm-hmm. These people should be kissing my feet. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just hit the uh, sub
1: button for the guy. Come on.
0: Yeah, my God. Can we get a third Joe up in here? So I ain't gonna <laughs> pull so much weight. My God. No. but uh, it's good to be here, Dom. This is this is my escape. I don't feel so sudsy when I'm on here talking to MMA. So with that. Let's get into it. But I want to plug: uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok, you can do so at the BAJ MMA. You can follow myself on Twitter or Instagram at Noah Baker MMA. You can follow Dominic on Twitter or Instagram at Deasley14. You can also uh, listen to audio versions of the podcast on Spotify, on Apple Music at. Is it considered Apple Music or Apple Podcasts? I think it's like a
1: separate thing. It's a separate app. I don't know. I'm just going to say Apple. We'll just say Apple. Apple. Yeah.
0: On Apple, at the Below Average Joe's MMA show. If you would like to watch uh, video versions of the podcast, you can do so on YouTube at the Below Average Joe's. Did I cover everything, Dominic? You did. UFC Jacksonville, we go. Where Ilya Tuporia... Gets a dominant, unanimous decision win over Josh Emmett. The scorecards for this one should be studied. (laughs) You had a 50-44, a Uh Mm 50-42, and a 49-45. Yeah. Um, Crazy. And the headline says that there was a 10-7 round given by one of the three judges in round four for Ilya Tuporia. Uh, and I think that sort of, regardless of if you agree with that, I think it sort of sets the tone for what we saw here, yeah. Dominic. Yeah. Josh Evans showed so much toughness. Uh, He was still in this fight in round five, which is pretty crazy. But this was all Ilya Tuporia from start to finish. He proved he belonged. He proved that that minus 300 plus that he was going into this fight was warranted and then some and ultimately he comes out looking like a million bucks here it's going to be top five come tuesday what do you make of ilio tuporia's performance i know you were a little more hesitant to buy into him at the mm-hmm. price now coming off the you know the other side here what do you take away from this performance
1: this guy's gonna hold a belt that's what i take <laughs> okay. away from this performance holy shit what a I mean, I believed in the guy, but at the minus 345, I didn't. But he looked like a minus 1,000. It was insane. From the second the bell rang, that man controlled this fight against a very game opponent in Josh Emmett, his first (coughs) test into top five waters. And he put on a masterful performance, one of the, if not the best performances that we've seen thus far in 2023, especially when you go to the upper echelon and the higher levels of MMA and especially the UFC. Quite a performance from a 26-year-old fighter. That's what's even crazier. He's not really close to those prime years yet that we see out of fighters. 14-0. What is it now? 6-0 in the UFC, I think. Unbelievable stuff that we're seeing from Toporia. Like I said, I was a believer, but not the same level that I am on this Monday morning when you guys are seeing this. And if you guys... There probably isn't anybody out there, but if there is that is not a believer, go watch the fight again because he just showed the most high level striking, IQ, defense, everything, man. It was just (laughs) unbelievable. We saw him take big shots and keep churning forward. Like he, it didn't come easy, but he made it look easy, if that's even, if that even makes sense. So I was blown away by this performance from Ilya Toporia. It was just, it was astonishing, really.
0: Yeah, some people are going to look at this. I saw I've, I saw some of the trolls come out and talk about how he couldn't finish a 38-year-old Emmett, You know, Yair did it in yeah. two rounds. and I know they're just trolling, but I do want to say that even though he couldn't get the finish here, I thought he did. I thought, for one, it was masterful, but I thought he played it very smart as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, you saw even in round five, Josh Emmett was throwing heat. He's, like, dude, his hands part. are so dangerous. Even even after being battered, he still had some foot, had some speed to him. Still had mm-hmm. some power left it, to him. I thought Tuporia played it very well. This was a beautiful display. I saw Chris Curtis even tweet about yes, yep. in the pocket defense is something that is. I don't want to say it's rare. In MMA, but especially when you get to this level, not a ton of guys use like in the pocket defense. That's they. If you are someone who really depends on your defense, you tend to be more of a rangy, you know, Mm -hmm. use your reach, uh, keep distance type. And for him, he's obviously not able to do that. He's a he's a shorter Mm statured, smaller reached featherweight. But Dominic, if he can do this, you know, sort of has almost like a Dustin Poirier esque. Uh, movement in the pocket then he you're right i do believe that this guy is a uh, future <laughs> champion and i don't think that's much of a hot take at this point yeah the only reason that someone may consider that a hot take is because the number one or one of the number <laughs> i forget what a pound for pound ranking stand but he's like two or three or whatever mm-hmm. but uh, the longest rating champion currently in the ufc is alexander volkanovsky and he's taken on Yair Rodriguez, uh, international fight week, July 8th and the main event. I guess, Dominic, my question for you is Elia Tuporia get the winner of that fight. And I, I'll even go ahead and throw this out there just to get to kind of give away how I feel about it. You know, depending on who wins that matchup, is there a good chance that Elia Tuporia is competing for a vacant belt or, uh, some form of interim strap or whatever they want to do um kind of where do you see him going next or is he really going to have to fight someone in this top five because you know the championship fights not till uh july
1: yeah that's a good question because i actually saw a lot of people saying he should get a title fight next and i didn't necessarily lean a certain way Like, immediately after, and then I'm scrolling through Twitter, and I feel like every account I saw was saying that he needs to fight for the title next. I did see one person, forget who it was, say him and Arnold Allen would be a cool fight as well, which it would be. Um, It's a shame, and now it's even more of a shame that I feel like Max Holloway's booked with the zombie, because Max and Ilya would be very, very intriguing and enticing. But with the current state, those guys are booked up, right? And that's not till August. Ilya... I think I'd sign off on it. Six and zero. Oh, you just beat Josh Emmett, who did just fight for the interim strap. I'm a hundred percent fine with him fighting the winner uh, of that. Now, if Yair were to win, assuming Volk stays at one forty five, they probably run that back. Um, but if Volk wins, him and Volk is definitely intriguing. As No even hinted, maybe that he goes up to one fifty five to fight Islam again. Then there's a vacant belt. Then yes, I still see Ilya fighting for some sort of gold next. I just think that was such a star-making performance. He represents the country of Georgia and Spain. Neither of those countries have ever had a champion. Strong relationship with Marab. Uh, I saw them have a nice little moment last night in the post-fight right. press conference and stuff going on. So I'm here for it. I think the UFC, after last night, maybe realized that they could be on to something special here with Ilya Toporia. Don't be surprised, people, if he's fighting for gold in his next fight at the end of the year.
0: Don't be surprised if it happens. Don't be surprised if it doesn't happen, is what I would yeah. say. Because yeah. I think there are situations here. There are, there are routes where he clearly gets the next title shot. And I also think there's routes where he sort of gets forced to take another fight. Mm-hmm. If Volkanovsky beats Yair and decides that he wants to pursue that Islam fight, again, if whether it's an intern belt or a vacant belt, I believe Ilya will be in that in. title fight. If Yair Rodriguez wins and Volkanovski wants to take on that rematch, then I believe Ilya will mm-hmm. have to fight someone else, whether it's, uh, I know Brian Ortega is being rumored right now with, uh, I forget who he's being rumored with. Oh, I actually. just saw that too. Yeah, Gosh. but yeah. Uh, you know, if it's someone like that, like I could see yeah. him being matched up or with an Arnold Allen, or was it Arnold Allen that was rumored? It might have been that one. one. I, forget, I just saw it, yeah. Regardless, I do think he would have to take another fight. If Volkanovski wins and then says, hey, I want to keep defending that featherweight, then I believe Ilya is also next. So, like, three scenarios there, two of them. I think puts Ilya next. Yeah. If, uh, for some reason, Yair were to win, and Volkanovsky decides he doesn't want the rematch, and still for some reason wants to go to 155, Then Ilya would also be next. So like so three, three or four. Of four. <laughs> yeah. But you know, th- there is one big one that yeah. could happen, and we need to be prepared that Yair could win on July 8th, and if he does, you know, I don't know what that does for Ilya's title chances, but. Inevitably, he will be there. I think mm-hmm. uh, it's you're, it's going to be really hard to beat this guy. Um, he showed what he can do. You know, it it does seem there is a way, like there is a route. That, but unfortunately, for a lot of these guys, Dominic, like a Jai Herbert, had the perfect frame to give him trouble. Yeah, you know, there's there's not a ton of guys at the top of this division as who, big as Jai who match that. Yeah, but we do seem like the playbook's been written. So, like a guy like Max Holloway, I think would be a very intriguing fight because I think Max could do a lot in, yeah. in that sort of matchup. But that's why I, even though I believe Ilya is a future champion, I do believe that he will be tested again here here soon. And what's funny is I don't even know if Volkanovski is the toughest fight for him.
1: You think maybe it is a guy like Yair then, long and rangy, or guys like Yair
0: or Max.
1: Like I think those
0: might be tougher fights for him than a Volkanovski, and that's what's kind of interesting is one of those two guys would be probably who he'd fight for a title before he'd fight Volkanovski. That's what's so crazy. It's like you would think, oh, if he matches up fairly well with Volkanovski, who's been the champion so long, that's a good thing. But I don't even think he's going to end up fighting Volkanovski, if I'm being honest. So he's likely going to be fighting a year of max. Mm-hmm. That is not, a, that's not a fight. I'm not even sure if I would favor him the win
1: right now. Mm-hmm. Being truthful. Mm-hmm. If, if he, if that scenario, that one of the four scenarios happens where he's not next for a title, would you want, like if max beats TKZ, is that the fight you want Ilya to have? Or would you want him to fight like Ortega? Like, is there any of those guys that you would want to see him get that one last fight in before the title?
0: I mean, I guess Max. I I don't. It it don't matter. I mean, there's a it's a lot of good matchups. He's a fresh face who has not fought most of these guys. So there's a lot of different directions you can go. I know him and Ortega was a matchup that they were trying to do for a while.
1: That's a tough comeback fight for Brian too. Ooh.
0: Well, you're saying you're saying that like that's Brian's next fight, but I'm assuming Brian will have fought before then. That's what mm-hmm. makes this hard to predict. Is a lot of these guys still need to fight. Yeah. So we'll see how it shakes up, but like Max would be a up there. He'd probably be mm-hmm. my the one I'd want to see the most.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Uh with that, Dominic, let's move on to the rest of UFC Jacksonville. How about what a banger of a women's fight we got here in the main event? A great fight. Great fight. Macy Barber getting the TKO finish of Amanda Hebas. How did this one feel for you, Dominic? Again, you've been big fans of both yeah. of them. Yeah, uh, through at different points in her career, feels like you were a little hotter on Amanda Hevost and Macy Barber coming in here. Amanda does what she does, where she fights with a lot of heart, uh, keeps moving forward, sort of forces her opponents into a dog fight, but she may have just uh, bit off a little bit more than she could chew here against Macy Barber. What did you think?
1: Yeah, I'm going to start quickly with Amanda just because that was who I was higher on going into the fight. The experiment. Has played ran its course for now. You're one and two at 125. granite it's not like you got, you know, yes, she got finished in this fight, but she was there. It was a competitive, just great fight that she had with Macy. She had a split decision, razor close loss to Caitlin Jukagian, and that she beat Viviani. But all in all, I still think 115 is the weight class for her. Hopefully, she can go back down there in her next fight. That's what I would like to see from Amanda because I'm still a believer in her. Macy Barber, wow. Fuck the razor close split decisions that people think you lost. She went in there, kill or be killed, and got a fantastic finish. Still only twenty five years old, five fight winning streak now. Wow, this was a this was the definition of a statement win in my opinion for someone that is looking to like clear the the cloudiness over some of their fights that they've had, especially during this win streak of Macy. This is such a great entrance into that top ten. And with that type of performance, I feel puts her one win away from finally getting to that title shot that she uh, feels like she has always wanted and that she believes she will be a champion one day. Alexa Grasso is a loss that she wants to get back. Yes, that means Alexa would have to beat Valentina again, but that's still a built in rematch potentially for the future. No pun intended on Macy's nickname, by the way. This was a huge, very much needed performance for the career. Uh, and standing of macy barber
0: so am i hearing you clearly you're back on the macy barber trade i am
1: back on macy barber (laughs) absolutely yes
0: yeah um i thought i know this was a great fight but i thought this was mostly dominant for macy barber i mean amanda Hebos had moments in the second round she sort of bloodied up barber because of a couple good shots but let's be clear this was an ass beat I mean, Macy Barber... The damage was... Yeah, I mean, she was beating the shit out of Amanda Heavos. When hebos was going for those D-bars uh, or whatever yes. in round one, yeah. yeah, Macy made her pay. Then in round two, Amanda kept trying to make it a firefight, and Macy is just a more technical, more powerful striker. Yeah, Amanda hebos does not have a lot of striking defense. We saw it against... Especially when she gets hurt. When she gets hurt, she has, her hands drop. She tries to go for like a... Like she tries to like reach around and grab mm-hmm. you and, and clench you up. And that's where she just leaves herself wide open. Yep. It was a great performance for Macy Barber. Uh, I don't know if it matters with Amanda Hivas, if it's 115 or 125. I believe she does better at 115, but truthfully, Dom, like, I think this is kind of who she is. I think she's a great fighter. I think she's very fun. Uh she brings out the best out of a lot of her opponents which i don't know what that says mm. where uh you know her opponents seem to fight up to her but uh you know i do i i just don't really see her as like a legitimate um title threat or uh legitimate like top 5 level fighter in either division uh, i think she's just a very tough test and a very good fighter that unfortunately these kind of you know, these kind of showings where you're getting kind of pummeled and then knocked out, like I could see that happening to her a couple more times because that's just the way she fights.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There has to be polishes in the defensive part for sure. If she wants to find sustained yeah, success, she's just, it's
0: not going to happen. I don't think either because it's, it's, we saw what happened the first time this happened to her. She's never, she's not made that improvement. Yeah. And now here she is, what, three years from that? getting knocked out in similar fashion like yeah sure you want to hope for her to improve on it but i think this is just who she is
1: yeah and there's great strikers at 115 ahead of her marina's still there you have andrage who's powerful uh you have le you have Janjanon, on rose like all of them are good strikers so she would have to make drastic improvements the fuck like i don't know who macy wants i don't know who i want macy to fight but she needs I think one more win and she's in, like truthfully, because the UFC's always wanted to capitalize on this. And now they truthfully can with the resume and the win streak. I would have loved to, for after this performance for Macy to fight Andraj, but damn it, Andrage just can't sit on the couch ever because she's already booked to fight again on August 5th. Um, and a lot of these other girls are booked because Aaron and Taylor, we're going to talk about Manon, Fior, we're going to talk about Valentina and Alexa. We're going to talk about, I could see a world where this might sound crazy. Macy might get the loser of uh, Grasso Valentina as her next fight.
0: So you've really changed on Macy Barber after this fight. I think
1: she's gonna be pushed very quickly now. So you think.
0: think uh she's one away from a title fight?
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I buy it. I don't know if I'm if I'm there yet. I don't I don't like Amanda he- I thought it was a great performance, a great win against a good opponent, but I don't think it went over Amanda Hebas is really the the win that catapults you into the top five. Mm-hmm. You're right. Maybe the UFC want to capitalize, but they've really kind of pushed her pretty slow. I feel like yeah. maybe you, you'll make the point maybe that they are doing that because she hadn't really, you know, had this kind of win. Um, But I don't know, Dom. I feel like her taking on like a Lauren Murphy or – a Jennifer Maya. That's win.
1: what she's going to get. I would imagine. Yeah.
0: Right. That's, yeah, that's what I think. And then I think with the win there, then you put her up against a, uh, loser of Taylor Santos, Aaron Blanchfield, or the loser of Rose and Manon Fior, or mm-hmm. someone like that, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: then if she's really like ready for prime time, she wins that. And then she's in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. uh, I think now I will say she will challenge for a title one day.
0: Wow. Yeah, I'm still not sold. I'm not sold to that extent. I think that this is a lot of like, the feelings are very fresh because this just happened. But I think the sport moves so fast. This is more from the matchmaking perspective, not Mm -hmm. your opinion on her fighting for a title. Like right now, I think a lot of people feel how you do where it's like, dude, she could get matched up with like a title eliminator next. Mm -hmm. I think time will go by and then she'll just, they'll end up matching her up pretty realistically with where she's at right now. It'll
1: 100% be like Lauren Murphy. Uh, I already know. No, I'm not convinced
0: that she's going to be fighting for a title um, soon. Because you just look at who's at the top of this division. I just don't know who I would favor her. To, yeah. to win against. Now, could she improve even more in the next couple of years?
1: That's what's intriguing. To make yeah. that
0: more of a realistic possibility, yes. You know, hey, if you told me that she was going to move up to 135 pounds, maybe I'd be like, okay. <laughs> maybe she can be a champion. If
1: Aaron ain't, maybe Macy should, yeah, no shit. Because I just
0: don't see her ma- – I don't see how she matches up well against a Grosso, a Shevchenko, a Fior. Santos, Blanchfield. I don't think any of those are wi- very winnable matchups for her.
1: Yeah, oh, man. She's got power,
0: Dom. But like, let's not forget the run she was just on was good. But like, this one performance, I don't think erases who you know. It, it's a great performance that we can admit that Amanda Hevas is likely brought out of everybody that she fights.
1: Mm.
0: Let's not forget where she was a fight ago where you were, like, kind of done with her.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And a lot of people felt that way. She had questionable decisions and whatnot. Mm -hmm. She's good, and I think this was a great win to show that. And I have really not fallen off that belief in her ability, but my belief in her only goes so far. And it's kind of going to be, like, another fight from now. I feel like she's one of those outside the top five looking in. That's kind of her ceiling right now, I feel like.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. That's fair. I'm excited. 25 years old.
0: That's good to be excited. I like I I'm glad to see you back, Dom. I mean, you went from Friday you're like honestly throw her in the trash. Like you're <laughs> like just throw her in the garbage. And then yeah. today you're like dude, I think she's going to I think she's going
1: to fight for a belt. I know. I feel <laughs> like know? I had the most casual reaction I've ever had on this podcast ever just now. But I think it's
0: I think it's fun though because I I, just, I think it's fun to have that kind of Turn flip on somebody for one fight. I think that shows the kind of impact this
1: fight made on you. Like it was yeah. a great fight. Low key. They should have. Well, there's one fight on the prelims that maybe should have got the fight of the night, but they were second coming. The main event shouldn't have got fight of the night anyway. Wait, the main event got fight of the night. Yeah. 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 I don't think that's right. Yeah. Morris, and Pete got fucked, but <clears throat>
0: anyways, um, let's talk about the rest of this card. Uh, I know that's already what we're doing, but uh, finishes were hard to come by on this card. Yeah. Um, we did have three more. I'll kind of list them off, and I'll get your thoughts on any of them you want to talk about. David Onama, second-round knockout of Gabriel Santos. Yeah. Brendan Allen yeah. with the first-round submission over Bruno Silva. Yeah. And Matosh Rebecki with the second-round TKO over Loic uh um, All these particularly – in pretty highlight real fashion. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kind of any thoughts on any of those finishes on the card?
1: Well, I mean, it always has been and always will be Mr. David Onama. Gosh, yeah, I've never, I just love this guy, man. I love watching this guy fight. It didn't come easy, which, you know, I guess I shouldn't have been expecting it to be any other way because no fight's been easy for David Onama so far in five UFC fights. But yeah, if you don't like watching this guy fight, you're crazy. (coughs) Uh, Still, Defensive flaws are there that Noah talked about on Friday. Um, a little bit more polished, though. He had very good transitions and whatnot in the grappling. Ga- uh, Gabriel Santos, maybe the best 0-2 fighter in the UFC right now, by the way. Oh, completely. If that matters. Yeah, um, easily. But uh, Onama, man, like we said, from an offensive standpoint, you can't like sleep on this guy. Yes, he has knockout power, and he's likely going to finish you that way, but he's very sound offensively it's just defensively there are discrepancies in the striking and a little bit in the grappling where i'd like to see those improvements for him to really take the next (laughs) step but still another young guy only 29 i really love this guy it was a one punch brutal uppercut knockout that was a come from behind win hit me
0: i can't believe you're coming on this show and defending the actions of david onama that post-fight celebration was cringe as fuck. And, and that's, I'm not going is, to stand is for a,
1: uh,
0: I'm not going to stand is for a, it. Uh, inspiration? No, 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 no. Come up with your own shit, David Onama. You know, I thought it was such a great knockout, and he ruined it with the damn Spears uh, shooting into Gabe Santos, which he didn't stop as soon as Gabe Santos looked at him. Uh, completely ruined the moment for me. And Full I can't violence. Believe... I'm gonna
1: need a new shirt
0: with David no, Onama. Hell no. Hell no. Mm-hmm. They just made dude, they just made a Zuckerberg Musk uh, shirt, so they don't have time for uh, David Onama oh. shirts. So well now I can't get um, any more there. I'm just kidding. I'm uh, sorry, so sorry to tell you, but yeah, David Onama is kind of on my shit list now because that I mean just a whack way, just whack
1: as hell. Um, and I can't believe you're on here defending him. He's just inspired by greatness of Izzy. That's all it is. Um, And then my other dude, Brendan Allen, got a fucking incredible knockout or not knockout submission. By the way, guys, the win streak that Brendan (coughs) Allen on, he's getting better and better each fight, and he's entering his prime, I think, a little bit early at 27, but he's doing the best fighting that he's ever done right now, and I think it's going a long way. This one also didn't come easy against Bruno Silva because he had to take some shots. But he looked pretty good on the striking and then his submission game. The pr- The prop of the week was always Brendan Allen by submission. I feel silly for not even sprinkling on it. It was always there. Um, this was an amazing performance by him. He really continues to get better and better with each fight. And I, I'm, I, I love it. In this weight class of 185, it's not very deep. Uh, so I, I, I like the potential here. I'm not saying he's going to fight for a title soon. But uh, if he keeps getting better and better like this, it was quite a performance, man. It was just violent. It was a great fight as well. The main card was really, really good. The prelims were pretty bad, but the main card made up for it, I think, in my opinion. Did
0: he, do you think Brendan Allen earned the kind of fight that he was calling for? Like, uh, that was Drickus. a little high. Up, if Drickus uh, were to lose or Jared Kananir, apparently he hinted after the fact that uh, Jared Kananir actually may have something in the works. At Dominic, apparently it might be Hamzat. Oh, boy. That's interesting.
1: Hmm. I I still think that's a little bit high. But if Drickus were to lose, that makes a little bit more that sense, That seems like maybe. a
0: great fight. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I like that Obviously, if a lot. Drickus wins, that changes things. I don't think it sounded crazy at first, but when you look at where he is in the rankings and stuff, like it kind of makes sense.
1: Yeah. That's. I don't blame
0: yeah. him for calling a shot. You know, at the end of
1: the day. Oh, no, you got to. You're on ABC. Um,
0: But he's an exciting guy, man. I like Brendan Allen a lot. He's fun to watch. And to do that to Bruno Silva, like, I mean, yes, it ended up being a submission win, but he He struggled with with the feet. Yeah. 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 And I thought for sure that these two guys had one Achilles heel over the other. That's why why he put the bed in, right? I mean, yeah. I was nervous there for a second.
1: (laughs) Dude, I thought Brendan was going to get the TKO, too. Yeah. (laughs) Um.
0: Yeah, overall the main card definitely delivered. Prelims they were tough. They were tough. Uh yeah. Jack Jenkins, Jamal Emmers was a pretty good fight. Mm-hmm. Uh questionable decision there, but you know, for my bet Jack Jenkins whatever. I'll I'll take it. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, Chepe Mariscal. Yeah, Chepe wow. Mariscal and Trevor Peak was a very fun fight. Uh, Two guys that don't know how long they'll last in the UFC, but uh, they definitely uh, went to war here for sure. Um, But yeah, Dominic, I think uh, besides that, we'll move on to PFL.
1: Yes, drama, drama, drama.
0: So let's uh, recap where we sit with the welterweights and the lightweights in the playoffs, Dominic. In the welterweight side of things, Magomed Magomed Karimov will be taking on. Magomed Umelatov. If that's not also, intriguing, that's, a, that's an intriguing <laughs> fight right there. <coughs> a little. We don't get square. many of those. Yeah. And then Carlos Leal taking on Sada Sai, Ooh, last season's yeah. champion. Yeah. Meanwhile, on the lightweight side of things, Clay Collard taking on Shane Burgos. Yeah, boo! Oh, oh! Boo. Wow! Oh, already starting the boo birds. Yeah. And then pissed. Olivier Alban Mercier taking on Bruno Miranda. Dominic, let's talk about it. Let me just—I'm gonna—I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna tease you a little bit more. That's fine. It's like rearing up the bull, you know. You just have to—you have to give it a. Sip.
1: I'm uh, doing my foot in the dirt right now. <laughs> yeah, our
0: main event, Olivier Alvin Mercier gets the third yeah. round knockout of Anthony Romero. What a bad man that dude oh, is. Oh, he's just so good. Meanwhile, Dominic Sadabu Sai with like my... the knockout of the year reminded me of Uriah Fucking Hall and the Ultimate Fighter. Gets the spinning wheel kick knockout of Shane Mitchell in the third round. What a finish! You know what makes it was. better?
1: What's he that? literally said going in that he felt confident <coughs> he's going to win this fight, but he said he wanted a viral moment, and he goes out and does that. Are you kidding? Hey, good me for him. Dude?
0: He's kind of been that's been the one thing kind of a missing him so far. Yeah, you know, the was,
1: decisions, you know, from yeah. the previous years. He's, now been, he's got kind of known finished. as a
0: clinch heavy guy, yep. but he's looked damn good this season. Yeah, I think the confidence boost of winning it all has been big for him. Mm-hmm. And also Dominic Shane Burgos got on the the win column. Do not boo yet. Just, let's, you know. Let's
1: oh, no. Respect. Nothing against Shane, believe Dominate me. Dominant
0: decision win Shane. over Yamato Nishikawa. All right. We know what the big story is here, though, Dominic. Yep. On your prelims, you had a fight between Natan Schultz and Rosh Manfio. Natan Schultz wins a unanimous decision. I think we could all say it was the worst fight of the night. Yeah, for sure. Pretty terrible fight. And then when you learn that these two guys are, they train together. uh, They're best friends. Mm -hmm. Manfio's, or uh, Schultz is the godfather of Manfio's child. Yep. It looked strange. Then the PFL comes out the day after. These motherfuckers. uh, and they say they are suspending Schultz and Manfio. Yeah. For I believe the the verbiage they used was something along the lines of. Uh, you want me to? You want to yeah, word yeah, 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 here? Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I saved this uh, picture here. PFL statement. Last night, Natan Schult and Raush Manfio did not meet the standard w- which all PFL fighters agreed to uphold in competition. All fighters in their PFL fight agreements agree to use their best efforts, skills, and abilities as a professional athlete to compete and defeat any opponent, end quote. It was very clear that Natan and Roush did not meet the contractual standard in yesterday's bout. PFL immediately suspended both fighters from the season and deemed to have zero points for purpose of league standings, um, and that's when they got Shane in. So that was their official statement by the PFL.
0: So because of that, Shane Burgos, uh, the big free agent signing was uh, pushed into the playoffs in the spot of Natan Schultz. So I'm going to let Dominic give his opinion on the matter because he was very vocal when I introduced it.
1: All right, Noah. So This was uh, this is, lesson. first and foremost, I'm not going to sit here and say that Natan Schultz and uh, Hawush Manfio was a good fight because it wasn't. It was far from, right? But this little bullshit statement by the PFL. Oh, they didn't uh, hold up to our standards. Blah, 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 blah. Get the fuck out of here, man. You guys are the ones that put this fight together knowing the circumstances between these two fighters. These two did not need to fight each other in order to get into the playoffs. Both were 1-0 and both had a chance to get in. Mix the fights up to where one of them fights somebody else you have 10 fucking fighters in this division that are fighting to get into the playoffs and you guys put this fight together natan schultz wins you know whatever whatever you say about that fight i'm not going to hold anything against anybody against this fight but let us not forget he also beat stevie ray he went 2-0 and this season i love shane Burgess and have nothing against him but he went 1-0 and and had a decision win that yes, I guess was a better fight than what this one was, but I mean, not by a that much. I mean, Shane Burgos is a wrestler now, all of a sudden, like this is the biggest bullshit. People are saying that Natan Schultz and Roush fixed this fight. No, they didn't. They didn't fix the fight. They're training, they didn't want this fight, but they were forced to do it. And yet, so you're punishing them already by making this fight as the PFL. And then you're gonna punish Natan Schultz for going undefeated, earning his way in the way you guys made him do it, and you're going to take this opportunity away for him to change his life and win a million dollars. A guy that's won two belts already for your organization. This is an absolute travesty for Natan Schultz. I don't know if he can take legal action because apparently this is in their contracts, but if he can, he should. It's absolutely ridiculous. The PFL put in their pretty boy Free agent signing Shane Burgos when he had no reason being in. And don't get me wrong, now he gets to fight Clay Collard. As a fight fan, that's absolutely incredible. Can't wait to see it. But Shane Burgos should not be in. Natan Shaw should be in. This is nobody's fault but the PFL's. It always was when they made, they knew going in, this is what is a possibility to happen. And they chose to do it anyway. And then they turn it on these fighters. Afterward. <clears throat> Gross. Gross.
0: I, I'm i so conflicted on this, Dominic, because for one, I'm only, we can only go off of the information we have, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm sure if there were certain information given in this statement, you may not have the reaction you just had. Like, this is the stuff I've been thinking about off recording. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, what, what was going on here? Like, this is crazy, first off, too. Yeah. To suspend fighters for not holding the kind of fight that you deem like worthy of advancement.
1: <laughs> Never heard of this rule ever before. Crazy, because I've seen yeah. some
0: pretty bad fights in your playoffs. In the, yes, yeah. Um, yeah. It, regardless, it's a slippery slope because you make this decision here. You know, who's to say the PFL doesn't just decide whenever they want that they exactly. can just remove somebody and put in somebody who they prefer. This is why this whole playoff system or this uh, tournament system they have set up, Dom, it's really not a tournament. It's, it's a playoff system. Mm -hmm. It's a regular season playoff system, but Dominic, I mean, have you noticed that there's not brackets like it it till the playoffs? They match the regular season regular season.
1: They make what they want. Yeah. So, have you?
0: And I I found it strange to begin with that pretty much every card when it comes to the second half of the season they match up a winning fighter, a guy who's one to know, and a guy who's zero to one usually.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And did you notice that Rosh Manfio and Natan Schult were both one to know, and Shane yes. Burgos and his opponent were both zero to one? Exactly. I think there's a if if the PFL can go so far as to do this assume this much about their two fighters that they remove one of them from the rankings. And I think I have the right to assume that the PFL sort of set this up to begin with. This comes off very much promotional malpractice. Very true. You wanted your big free free agent signing in there. So you put up two guys that you knew didn't want to fight each other, hoping that they would have a lackluster fight. And you were yeah. probably hoping Shane Burgos would have this big finish against a yeah, guy true. who had lost, and then you wouldn't have to do this workaround. But you did. Whatever. Right. I, I, I'm i not saying that's what happened. I'm just saying that if we're going to just assume things now. But uh, if these two guys had like asked to fight each other, there may be a better argument here, Dom. I mean, this fight did look a little fixed to me. I'll be honest. Like, it looked Mm -hmm. like these two guys sort of planned how this fight was going to go. They weren't really trying to Mm -hmm. hurt each other. It looked like they were sort of just having a sparring match, if that. So if they had, like, told the PFL, hey, we want to fight each other, and this is what happened, then maybe you have an an argument for it. But the problem is it's still slippery slope. And that's why, again, you have to have more control over your matchups than that. It's one thing if if you did an actual like if you did an actual tournament brackets, bracket bracket you wouldn't have yeah. this issue. But since you don't and you depend on matchmaking, this is what happens. And yeah, it's it's a really bad look for the PFL. Not only are you, a, even if it's not really what they're saying, even if this is all just a ploy to get Shane Burgos into playoffs, Tom, you're sort of backhandedly telling the the books that the bookmakers that, hey, one of our fights were fixed. And this is a promotion in the PFL that just had the big issue with uh, the pre-taped fights being promoted as live. Mm-hmm. We can't even bet on them in the state of Ohio, I think, stemming from that. And now you're adding this where you're sort of admitting. I mean, this comes off like you're admitting that a fight was fixed. It doesn't say that explicitly, but that's what I read read it as when it said it. So don't think that the people Mm -hmm. that put the odds together for the PFL aren't looking at this and going, wow, okay, pull those lines. Pull those lines. We don't want any action on PFL. Too much shady shit going on over there. I don't know. It's a shame. Yeah, It's a shame this all could have been avoided. It was so easy to avoid yep. this. And now the PFL have to, uh, they have uh, built their grave and now they have to lie in it. So now if Shane Burgos does not uh, end up winning this whole season, this is going to make them look Pretty even pretty worse. silly, and even if even if he does win, I mean I don't know what's worse if he wins
1: the whole thing. Yeah, it might look worse that way. Yeah, you're right. Yeah,
0: like it. Is, I hate it because I like Shane Burgos a lot. Like this is not. I know. Like, he's sort of he's sort of being put in this role of like the promotional's boy, the promotions boy, and you just yeah. are like, uh, you know, it's like it, I like Shane Burgos too much for that. But unfortunately, I think a lot of people are going to be rooting for Clay Collard. I think a lot of people are. I' uh, gonna be rooting against the PFL here, and it's another Dominic. This is the thing with the PFL have been saying.
1: I know, I know. They I they know. P-
0: they get like three steps ahead, and then they take two steps back. And yeah. overall, it's positive motion, but they could be just doing so much better than they are. I know something's they, they missing could, from top to bottom. S- There's something missing in their in their corporate structure and the corporate ladder there's some form of communication or something, some form of checks and balances that's just missing. And it's causing a lot of dysfunction at times.
1: Yeah. And I didn't want to come on here and like, Oh, I can't wait to hate on the PFL today. Because if you go back in history and listen to our show and watch our show, you know how big of fans we are of this promotion and them being different. And we've called them as the number two. They're better than Bellator. We enjoy it better they do things more differently than bellator but then all this drama and shit that has went on and we still got the playoffs and championships left to go this year it is just such a shame because i want to see all of these promotions thrive and be legitimate competition and threats but now stuff like this happens and it's like well i don't know do i really want them to get bellator under their banner now after this like they just, like Noah said, it's three steps backward and I would argue seven, three steps forward and I would argue seven steps backward. It just, the negatives are outweighing the positives and the PFL has had some pretty big positives this year. It's, it's a shame.
0: Yeah. So I guess to summarize my thoughts overall, I, my knee jerk reaction is to really hate on this. But I keep wondering if there's information we're just not being made privy to. Yeah. That may change my opinion somewhat. But on its surface, from what we know, very bad look.
1: Yeah. That's all you can say.
0: With that, Dominic, let's move on to the fight announcements. And we have a bunch more. We've been UFC getting some big fight out.
1: announcement chunks, haven't we? Yeah, yeah.
0: A lot of them keep happening like right when we get done recording. So I guess we have yeah, today. <laughs> If we have another one, we know what's up. Yeah, Uh, Just going to go through the list per usual, Dominic. UFC Singapore added two pretty big fights. Aaron Blanchfield taking on Tyler Santos and likely a title eliminator there. Then, Dominic, the highly anticipated rematch between (laughs) Anthony Smith and Ryan Spann. UFC Paris on September 2nd. We'll see Manon Fior take on a debuting 125 Ooh. pounds, Rose Namajunas. Yeah. And then September 16th, UFC Vegas is what I put on here. But it is the Mexican Independence card happening at – Uh, it's not what, – what's the arena? It's at T-Mobile. Uh, the yeah, big T-Mobile. One. I was about to say MGM Grand. I'm like, God, <laughs> I'm so bad with the arena names. <laughs> Alexa Grosso and Valentina Shevchenko will have their highly anticipated rematch for – the women's flyweight title, Dominic. A lot yeah. of women's flyweight action on this. Don't uh, you love incident. it, man? I um, do. The best women's division in the damn sport people. by far. Yeah. And uh Dominic, a lot of good ones here.
1: What do you think? So wow. I'm gonna say exactly what I said in the group chat. It sucks. Aaron Blanfield, Blanfield, Blanchfield is not getting the bantamweight title shot, right? That sucks. But her and Taylor is awesome. It's already been booked and didn't get to happen in the past. Incredible fight. Winner gets in. I love it. I think it's an all. I wish it was a main event. Uh, they're not going to be, obviously, because Max Holloway and TKZ, but that's okay. Spam, you know, didn't need to see it again. Don't know what the purpose of the rematch <laughs> is, but, you know, could be fun, at least, and uh, in, in the cage. Manon Fior and Rose Nama Eunice. Oh, interesting. Man, that is intriguing. Hadn't heard nothing. Nothing arose. We've talked about her semi-recently on the show and how we just... What is she going to do? She, she's been radio silent. And then, bam, 125-pound debut in Paris, which is where Manon's from. And that is a stylistically just mwah, beautiful, beautiful fight. I'm so excited for that. The rematch, Grasso-Shevchenko, right? I mean, we weren't really expecting anything other than. And the first fight was really fun. It's a huge opportunity for Alexa on a Mexican Independence Day card that she's going to get to headline it. Looking like, not for sure, but looking like it's going to be a free fight night with the title at the top of the bill, which we don't see very often. I think Valentina was the one that did that last against uh, Carmouche. Carmouche. So, you know, do with that what you will. But I love all of it. The women's flyweight division. mm -mm. Love it, love it, love it.
0: Yeah, Dominic, I'll actually have to put that list together of uh, title fights on fight nights. But <clears throat> the last one was uh, Davison and Benavides for the men's flyweight.
1: Oh, yeah, you're right. That would have been the last one. True. Yep.
0: That happened twice in 2020. But then, do you see a Tarnoosh,
1: trend? <laughs> flyweight, by the way? <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I believe one time Ioanna did it when she was strawweight champion way back yeah. in the day, maybe once or twice. But yeah. Besides that, it's been <laughs> the <lightweight>. last three. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, there was that one time that uh, Eddie Alvarez and RDA wasn't that a fight night. That the was the a tough
1: card tough um, finale. I believe Demetrius Johnson <laughs> Tim Elliott was a fight night as well, which well, that was, was a, a
0: wasn't that a that was also a, a tough, tough uh, yep. finale. Yep. So okay, so I mean that Eddie Alvarez RDA one sticks out. Yeah, it does division. You know, mm-hmm. like wow. Um, yeah, as far as these fight announcements go, I, I feel kind of silly. Cause I was like, so I thought Aaron Blanchfield was fighting for that, uh, Bantamweight title. I thought that was again. a lot of
1: people did. It felt, yeah. Wow. I was like,
0: wait, she wants that. I said, all oh, the UFC are going to do that. If she her wants versus again. Juliana yeah. Pena, but now I think what I think is happening, Dominic is considering where the UFC, how the UFC have been doing lately where they just do things that don't make a lot of sense. I feel like they were like, Aaron Blanchfield, no. Let's do you and like a co-mate on a fight night with Taylor Santos. We have our Bantamweight title fight set up. It's going to be Juliana Peña taking on Holly Holm when she beats Byron Buena Silva. So, I still like,
1: think it's going to be Raquel Pennington. But no, it's going to be one I, of the two.
0: I I, I I think Holly Holm's taking on Juliana Peña if she wins. All right. Because the UFC love Holly
1: Holm, I know. And giving her title fights.
0: Love her. Now, Myra yeah. Bueno Silva might win, and then you might get your highly anticipated uh, Rocky Pennington, Juliana Pena yeah. title fight.
1: Yeah.
0: Anyways, blanchfield Taylor Santos is a great fight, with that being mm. said. Dang. Um, it's an awesome fight. I, I am a little surprised that Blanchfield is having to take on another fight Mm -hmm. but i did feel like when alexa won i kind of said like i felt like Blanchfield came off like the biggest loser in that not that
1: yeah she didn't mind
0: she even said after she beat Andrade, she's like i'll fight whatever you want to do
1: yeah
0: and usually if you say whatever the ufc wants to do then be prepared to fight (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it's a great fight in singapore i like it put it in front of a crowd you know Anthony Smith, Ryan Span. I made fun of it in the group chat because they literally made at a vent to the fight night like two years ago. Yeah. But I mean, it's a fun fight. The fight's like, fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Anthony Smith won it in the first round with a submission.
1: And they had that they little like, remember easy. he kind of like pushed Ryan afterward and got in his face too. Yeah.
0: There was something weird with that fight. I feel like, like Anthony Smith, yeah. he said, because Ryan Span seemed, they both seemed like pretty good guys.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Although, our audience keeps trying to tell us that Anthony Smith is the worst, the worst guy ever. in the world. Yeah, I <laughs> so <laughs> I, I feel like we just have blinders <laughs> Yeah. Know, because people keep trying to tell us that he's not, I'm excited for it. I think it's, a, I'm glad it's not a main event put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Because I think it's perfect as like a feature. That's a belt. good, like, you know, three, it's a really solid run. top three. Like, yeah. That, that I think if the UFC could do that once a month, on their fight, on the nights, fight nights, yeah, I yeah. think that'd be great. One Back out of every to... three fight nights have that kind of, yeah. Max TKZ, Blanchfield, Santos, Smiths fan. Yes. Then you could do mostly contender series or yeah. whatever you want to do. We're not That's asking great. for
1: a lot, right, Noah? You know,
0: <laughs> uh, Rose going to one hundred twenty five pounds. Oh, Intriguing. Intriguing. I haven't really considered it either because, like, nope. she's been so synonymous with straw weight two-time champion. Yeah. I really assumed that she would come back to that division. I don't dislike it though. Like I think that there is a chance this could go well for her. Tough way to find out though. Manon Fior. That's uh, Manon Fior is man. a is a very good striker. But I do think Rose has the full game. This could be kind of that, you know, Dominic how Rose is where she comes off of a pretty lackluster showing that has people questioning what she has left, then she's going to show out here. That could really look be unreal. looking at. Yeah. And uh, Grosso Shevchenko, I figured this was the main event for this card when they announced it. Mm-hmm. Glad to see that's what they're doing. Uh, if it does end up being a fight night or a pay-per-view, it doesn't matter. It would be cool either way. But we'll yeah. uh, like they're really going all out for it, even if it's a fight night.
1: And I'm glad they are. They deserve it. The Mexican <clears throat> talent right now deserves it, too. Yeah, and
0: uh, with that, we will move on to blazing bets. Dominic, Dominic adds another one to the scoreboard. He inches closer. I'm now up four to three. Yeah, Dominic, I ended up this uh, weekend minus zero point zero nine units, so uh, basically a break even week. Dominic, yeah. what did you end up
1: as? Plus two point six one. So yeah, three straight green weeks for me. I mean, competition aside. I just want to be a good, profitable UFC or MMA better, and I needed these three weeks for my mental state, my financial state. So it just feels good, you know, to obviously win in the competition, but more importantly for me personally, is just to continue having good streaks of bets and good looks here.
0: Yeah, people don't
1: care. The competition is what matters here,
0: and let's be honest. I mean, we there's no asterisks. Remember, no asterisks. Any of your wins so far. There was the one week where I couldn't bet, but there no asterisks, right? And uh, I mean, I do believe if you if you do win, you know you might want to send a personal thank you to Austin Lane. Maybe just safe. Hey man, thanks for shoving four fingers into Dude, Justin Tafa's eye.
1: I don't like watching eye pokes, but when they're like <coughs> that, oh god, I can't even look. At the screen,
0: yeah. You know. I mean, I think we all know that fight was probably ending in like 30 seconds, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you might want to, or maybe, maybe you should send a thank you to Big Dan Mergliata for not rolling in a DQ because that was a pretty <laughs> egregious uh foul. Mm. Um, pretty, I don't know what that would have made my standing at the end, but pretty sure it would have uh changed the. Change the scope. So you might want to send a thank you to those two individuals, though.
1: Will do. Some would say I already have the script written for my thank you letter.
0: Yeah, I, I would not blame you. I think that would be the right thing to do. I can see you dancing around the fact, but you're excited right now that you are one away. You, you, you've been... Uh, <laughs>
1: Genuinely, I mean, I'm more excited about me just betting good. True, I Dominic. It, nobody
0: cares about that. I don't nobody care what the and... people
1: think. I care about me being a good... Better in and letting why, people know that I know what the why, fuck I'm talking about.
0: That's why by the end of the year, you're going to be eating fucking hot wings because <laughs> you don't care what the people think. That's going to come back to bite you, Dom.
1: I bet for me, people. I'm sorry. I'm people. a man of the people.
0: Me. I'm a man of the people. Anyways, I, closing statements. The point of the show where me and Dominic can talk about anything and everything, MMA related or not. Dominic, do you have anything to send us off into the week?
1: Mm. No. Ah, uh, well, I got to see the I got to see history actually, so I will say that really quick. Friday night, I was able to be at the Reds game, and Ellie De La Cruz hit for the cycle and the Reds. Hit, hit twelve wins. They obviously lost on Saturday. I don't know what they're going to happen today on Sunday, but I got to witness that in person, which was very. Very cool. I feel like every game I've ever been to, the Reds have lost and nothing really cool has happened besides getting a La Rosa's pizza out of it when they get 11 strikeouts. So it was very cool. And then we got to see uh, Quinn 92 in a postgame concert there at Great American Ballpark. And, you know, I'll tell you, I, I didn't really know much of his music or much about the guy. But to me, if you can perform good live, it says a lot about you as an artist. And he was unbelievably good. Uh, his voice and everything was great. It was a great show. He did like his full set list, like 16, 17 songs. So shout out to Quinn92 and shout out to LA De La Cruz. It was a fun Friday night.
0: Glad to hear it. Um, <clears throat> I had family members go to the game yesterday, and unfortunately, that's when they lost. So, yeah. But it did look like it looked like there was a ton of people I knew at that game that Back to back sellouts. Like, wow. Too. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Glad to see the Reds are doing well. Bengals mm-hmm. doing well. Cincinnati, let the people know. It's a sports city, someone said. It's that that meme, let the people know, we back up.
1: Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh.
0: My name's Noah Baker, that's Dominic Slee. We are but just two of the Below Average Joes, and we'll see you guys on
1: Friday.